Hi everyone, Grant K here for the Flame Premium Learning Channel. In the previous video, we looked at the batch group in detail and expanded on the schematic reels and shelf reels. In this video, we'll concentrate on the rendering functionality of the batch group, as this has been enhanced in Flame Premium 2016. So I have used the various creative tools in batch to build a flow graph, and the client has approved the result. The next stage in the process is to render your results. You have the option to write the media out of the Flame ecosystem with the write node. This could be used for different interop workflows. However, for the most part, to keep everything within the Flame project, you use the render node. Existing artists pretty much know to drag out a render node and connect the last node in the flow graph to render the output. Now the render node has changed for Flame Premium 2016, so let's go through the process of setting up a render. Double-click on the render node for its basic menu. The first item we will discuss is Render Destinations. This can be defined in the Render Destinations column in the middle of the menu. By default, this render node will render its results to a batch reel called Batch Renders. Now looking at the batch group in the media panel, the Batch Renders is classified as a Batch Shelf Reel. This means you are rendering to a reel that is still in the batch group. But the Shelf Reel will not display its clips in the flow graph. This forms part of the batch group workflow, where everything is kept within the batch setup, even the renders. Now you can render to the provided reel, or you can click the drop-down menu and choose an existing schematic reel or shelf reel. You can even create new reels to render to. For example, using multiple render nodes, you could create one reel to receive the final outputs. Then another reel could receive specific mats. Just like organising the source clips for the flow graph, so too can you organise the reels for the various render outputs. Now you can expand the render destination out to a reel within a reels group. You can use an existing reels group or create a new one. This matches the workflow in Flame Premium 2015 and a batch renders reel will be created as expected. The final render destination can be set to the libraries. When you use this option, a batch renders library is created and all your renders are deposited in this library. So those are the destination options available to you and you can set up a combination of render destinations to control where various outputs will be deposited. The second item to discuss with regards to rendering is clip metadata. Focus on the render node basics menu. You can set various timecodes and bit depths. And a new addition to Flame Premium 2016 is the ability to define a tape name in the rendered clip. You can set these values manually, but you can also select the render node and hold the T hotkey. When you click on a specific source, all the metadata in the source will be passed onto the render node. You can validate this in the basics menu but you can also switch to the render list and validate the metadata here. At this point, you can still click on a timecode or tape name value and adjust them if required. The last important rendering item to discuss is naming the render. If you simply opened the application with a new profile and dragged out a render node, 
the naming behavior will match previous versions of Flame Premium. It will just be called Render Number. You can select the Render node, hold the N hotkey and click on any source to carry the name over into the Render node. However, that is pretty basic. Now you can take complete control over the naming scheme when it comes to renders. This will not only save you loads of time, but also allow you to streamline your general workflow because you'll know exactly where the renders are from and where they should go. So for starters, go to the Preferences menu and call up the Effects menu for Timeline Batch and Batch Effects. For every render node or write node, you can define a naming convention. You can type whatever you want and each time you drag out a render node, it will be named based on the settings here. These settings are all saved with your user profile. However, working in a pipeline, you're more likely to establish some sort of naming convention to keep things organised. So all the render and write nodes support naming tokens that will update based on various criteria. So as an example, delete anything you may have typed here and click the Add Token pull-down menu. To illustrate this, the render name will always be based on the batch group and its iteration number. This is the batch iteration token. So if you rename or iterate your work, the render name will reflect that. Next, I'll add an underscore followed by the user nickname token. In my user preferences, I defined a nickname for myself and this can be used as part of the naming scheme. This is a practical tip if multiple artists are working on a shot and you want to be able to trace who worked on a particular shot. As another tip, you can use the hash or pound symbol to add padding to a particular token that supports number padding. Now close the preferences and drag out a new render node from the batch node bin. Notice how the name is based on the batch group, the iteration is 001 and my user nickname. What's handy about using tokens is if you change the batch group name to shot 7, you will see how the naming has updated in the render node. This is an efficient way of working as opposed to just naming renders and trying to remember what they were called. Now even though you set up the naming tokens in the preferences, they were simply a starting point. At any time, you can click on the naming field and edit the name of the render node. You can add more tokens or manually add data to get exactly what you want. The name can also be edited in the render list that will give you the dynamic naming window so you can instantly see the result as you change the naming scheme. As a final note on naming clips, please check the documentation as naming conventions are also accessible through scripting in order to establish a facility-wide standard. The last topic we will look at in this video is what happens in the player after rendering. In this example, I have multiple render nodes pointing at multiple destinations. When I render, all the active render nodes are processed. The Player button appears and we can look at the render result. In the Flame 2016 products, there are a few new options when reviewing your renders. Call up the Play controls and at the bottom of the screen, set the pop-up menu to Last Rendered Clips. 
holding shift and pressing the left and right arrow hotkeys, you can toggle through the last rendered clips. So this is very handy, but you can also call up the options menu and show the play reel. Using the last rendered clip option, all the clips that were in the last render session will be displayed in the play reel regardless of their actual location. You don't have to go hunting for the specific media. The other option you have is when you click the pop-up menu, any render destinations that are assigned to the current render nodes will be displayed. So if you rendered multiple times to one location, you could toggle to that destination and view all the rendered clips in that reel. Very useful to review and compare multiple renders in a particular flow graph. Speaking of multiple renders, one topic that has not been discussed is batch iterations in the batch group. This was formerly known as snapshots. In the next video, we'll go through the process of iterating and versioning as your flow graph progresses. Comments, feedback and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Thank you for watching and please subscribe to the Flame Premium Learning Channel for future videos.